Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello everyone and welcome to the TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I wanted to branch out a little bit from the topics that we've covered over the last few weeks and get into some more specific and actionable advice similar to the show actually that uh, we did with Derek Cardi last week. I brought in someone who knows what they're talking about with regard to college basketball Andy MSFW. You guys uh, probably remember the episode of this podcast where we had Whale Capper on to talk about DraftKings tennis. Uh, Andy and Whale Capper do their podcast, The Deep Dive, together. And in this episode, Andy and I break down the 64 team bracket. Uh, we make some picks for the final four, give out some picks for the first four games that are happening on March 19th and March 20th. But there is uh, plenty of evergreen content. To to last uh, throughout the tournament, you know, talking about some of the teams, talking about how to bet on college basketball, and in general, previewing the tournament. If you want to support the show, you can always leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also subscribe to the show on Patreon if you want extra episodes. Uh, we have bonus episodes, showdown slates, uh, the whole nine yards. That's patreon.com slash takecast. And of course, we are sponsored by dailyrodo.com and rotoexperts.com. You can get 10% off of the best DFS tools in the industry at dailyrodo.com using the promo code Rory, and you can also get 10% off of rotoexperts.com's NFL 365 package that yours truly is leading up using the promo code MATIC, and if you buy the $39.99 NFL 365 package, you actually get 20% off of Daily Roto DFS services. And now, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. Would like to welcome in a special guest to the show. Uh, I actually had your podcast co-host on the Deep Dive Pod Whale Capper on the show to talk about tennis when DraftKings introduced it. Uh, Andy MSFW on Twitter, bringing you on the show to talk March Madness and college basketball betting. Andy, how are you doing tonight? I am excited. Very, been very hard to concentrate today on anything besides brackets and bracketology and college basketball. So it's getting there. This is, uh, this is a good time of year. So listeners of the show know that they probably don't want to be taking college basketball betting advice from me. So Andy, that's why I reached out to you. Your name uh, came up when I talked to several people about who would be an ideal guest for the show. So uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, your history with betting college basketball and how 2018-19 went for you. Yeah, it was like we talked a little before we started recording here. I too am pretty big into the NFL, but I think college basketball has always been like like, um, probably my second love. Uh, until this year, I wasn't doing a ton of modeling. I did a lot more with that this year. I think it was more along the lines of something to do once the NFL really tailed off towards the end of the year once we got into the playoffs. So I did some more database modeling, especially in mid-majors, micro-majors this year. It's been a lot of fun. I'm posting everything I've done on Twitter for all the ridicule and praise I, I can take as far as when things go poorly and well. But it's it's been a fun little journey to 
kind of figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I'm, I'm like, I'm almost fiending for next year because I have a million ideas about how to, how to tweak and fix things for next year already. But yeah, we're going to, we're going to see how it goes because uh, tournament play started a little shaky for some of the play. It kind of, it kind of did hash out. And um, I don't know if people do know about anything I do on college basketball betting, I don't bet power six conferences. So I've had that question a lot already this season, like, you know, in the past week, like, are you going to, bet on March Madness. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to bet on March Madness. There's Plus, there's three other tournaments where there's a ton of my mid-majors playing. So I'm making a few tweaks to see if I can normalize things with the, the bigger conferences, the better teams, to make sure I'm not just blindly betting on all of my underdogs all the time. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fun year. It's, 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 it's exciting being at the March Madness time. Also kind of sad that it's coming to an end, but uh, it's, uh, hopefully, hopefully you can cap it off with some successful picks, maybe even some future bets that make it a little uh, deeper than normal into the tournament. Definitely interested in the, uh, in the futures bet. So for me and for the audience who has not been grinding the micro-majors all year long, what is a great way to start approaching betting college basketball you know we're here we're ready march madness we have all the teams we're you know everyone's gonna have the games on you know basically for the next three weeks minimum there's just gonna be basketball all the time where are we starting betting college basketball is there uh you know general trends for march madness you know fading big favorites betting big on the dogs uh how does it differ from nba betting yeah, it is a ton different than NBA betting. And I will say I do steer clear of that for the most part just because I don't have the – you know, we talk about how much time it takes to look into 353 college basketball teams. I almost think it takes more time in the NBA because you have to pay so much attention to late scratches and load management and stuff like that. It just That just drives me up a while. So college basketball, you know, obviously I'm pretty database-based. Um, there's, there are a ton of trends that you can play. I mean, I've read some good stuff already. There, there's so much information out there about historically what happens, you know, in the tournament. A lot of what I'm reading is based on you know, just how to fill out a bracket, which I think sidetracking on that, when you do fill out a bracket, know that you're not trying to predict how the tournament's going to go. You're trying to do better than your pool. Nobody's going to get a perfect bracket. So this is, it's, it's, it's March Madness for a reason. There's going to be some upsets. Uh, something I kind of leaked out last week that I always do, and it goes a bit against you know, my philosophy as far as this year's play, just my edges, but I've every year for the past few years out in Vegas, I'll go out and I'll place a money line on every single 12 through 15 seed. It's something I read about years ago and it's, it's, it doesn't always work, but it's maybe the most fun you can have with uh, a small amount of money if you don't want to go big because there's always some upsets and it, it does lose money from year, you know, some years, but if you can catch a couple big upsets, there's nothing more fun than jacking a ticket for like 20 to one on a 15 seed. So that's, you know, outside of just game to game betting, I am going to go to Las Vegas and put money on every 12, 13, 14 and 15 seed to win straight up in flat betting. Like uh, if you want to you, have you've some convinced me I'm doing that. On, I'm going to do that too. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> doing that. When it works, when it works, it works. So hopefully it doesn't go chalk. And there's nothing wrong with cheering against the Kentucky Royal, which granted they're one season. That is, it is super fun when you're holding a huge, a big dog lately. Yeah. Uh, what are some resources that people can use out there if they, if they want to have the illusion of control? Where are some places that uh, listeners could go to, you know, access online? Do you have anything available on your Twitter feed? I know uh, Ken Palm is, is the big one that a lot of college basketball bettors use. Yeah, Ken Palm's. 
huge for me. I use that a lot in my model. I draw from that. Uh, Teamrankings.com. A few other just general stats websites, which, you know, if you want to just start looking up, you know, you start to use use things you use in other sports or when you're betting NBA or whatnot as far as, you know, start looking at this team shoots the three ball well, this team defends it poor, got an upset just as simply as that. But uh, Reddit, I've had some I've had some really good Reddit threads shared with me. I might have to post one or two of those that, uh, and again, a couple of them have to do with how to fill out a bracket properly, but it, it kind of goes hand in hand as far as when you're predicting how many upsets there's going to be per round. You can start using that towards handicapping too, as far as, you know, teams with certain efficiency numbers are more likely to be upset. So you know, dig, dig into Reddit because I think that's kind of a maybe an underutilized resource in the sports betting industry i know reddit gets used for everything else in the entire world all the time but and uh i mean just way off topic uh, whale capper and i were deep into figure skating reddit one late late evening and we found some pretty good information on uh, on the figure skating the olympics ended up using it to play some tickets of cash so i mean it's, any, it's, any it's just like anything more, you gotta yeah. you gotta any go find you gotta go you find it. Yeah, the info the info is going to be the best on uh, on like the the smaller the sport is, you know, Olympic figure skating or luge or whatever, like those those niche communities on Reddit do often have uh, you know, some good value. So, actually in terms of bracketology, we should probably talk about that a little bit. Uh, I probably the biggest thing is just knowing the size of your pool. You know, if you're in an office pool with 20 people, there's not really a convincing argument to do anything other than just go pure chalk and let other people take the upsets because no one in, in a 20 man pool is going to pick the right number of upsets. Yeah. We, and we did, we talked to whale and I, we talked to Ed Fang last week and he had some really good points about that as far as like, just for starters, what you said, like you want to be in a pool of that size. Like if you do end up in a pool of a couple thousand, like your odds aren't very good. You, it, it's a whole different strategy. You do kind of got to pick wildly, but uh, yeah, there, there's some basic tenants to winning a pool you know a small pool of 10 20 30 40 people and it's it's picking a champion that has uh, I, th- I can't remember exactly what ed's percentage was but i think it was 10 or 15 percent implied probability at least and and just kind of stick into that and n- not going too wild because you know a lot of those upsets just the way bracketology and bracket leagues work you don't get a big big amount of points for picking the first round winners right you know the the big points are accrued later in the tournament when you when you're picking who wins the you know the regional finals and gets into the uh, into the final there. So that's what you need to be more concentrated on is teams that actually have a, a very good chance of getting out of their region and getting into the championship. Because you know you can brag about picking a, a 13 over a four, but if they just lose the the next round, you know you gained one point on the field. It's not like the the later seeds where or the later rounds where you can gain a lot of points. So I assume that you probably have you I, you have more than one bracket right oh i yeah i haven't even i haven't even had one completely filled out yet i have one that's like 60 percent done like I'm, I'm filling it in slowly i have i have some ideas but yeah i have i'm probably gonna have 15 brackets here. all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot 
we're going we're gonna to choose our final four right now. So you're going to have the educated opinion, and uh, I'm going to be the, the donkey picking the final four. So who do you have uh, coming on the east and the west side in the final four? Who are your two playing in the semifinal on that side of the bracket? So on this side, I did go chalk on the bottom in the west. I put Gonzaga. I, it's my only future ticket I hold. I still believe they're the best team in that in that region. Above it, I did. I went with Virginia Tech. I've got the the V Tech upset over Duke, even though it kind of goes against what I just said. But uh, that's it, in the bracket I've filled out so far. It's Gonzaga and Virginia Tech coming out of the East and West. Wow. So Virginia Tech, a four seed. So you have them being able to beat uh, the fighting Zion Williamson's and Duke. I feel like Duke is easily the most chalky pick in any bracket of any size this year. Oh yeah. And it, it does go to say too, like if, if you are in a big bracket, hundreds or thousands of players, like you almost have to think about just going against Duke early and often to, to have a chance. Otherwise, you know, and unless it's, it's one of those where you have multiple entries, you do, you do a Duke entry to follow the crowd and you do a non Duke entry to hopefully set yourself apart. If uh, something fun happens, but yeah, chalky, so, they're like two to one to win it all. Uh, yeah, the, the ACC put seven teams in. I said this earlier to someone. They, the, the ACC right now, there's a prop of minus 109 that the ACC will win the entire tournament. Like that. an ACC team wins it, which is wild to me. I mean, kind of, I guess probably sort of decent odds considering that uh, you're getting a, a, you know, the best overall team. You're getting the number one overall seed for that price and getting some coverage for upsets. On the other side of the bracket, the South and the Midwest, are you and every, like, are you going with everyone else and uh, picking Virginia to get knocked off pretty early after their disappointing performance last year? Yeah, it's funny. You get two trains of thought on this where the people are saying, oh, like Virginia, I seen what they did last year. Oh, they're going to get upset again. And then the people that are just going contrary and saying, oh, Everyone's saying Virginia is an upset waiting to happen. I'm, I'm putting them in the final, but uh, I don't see them getting upset early. I have them meeting and losing to traditional final. I got Purdue coming out of that one. Just everything about my numbers loves it. You know, obviously it has Virginia ranked fairly highly too, but I don't mind Purdue's path. And I think it does. So in the Midwest, do you have North Carolina coming out? Or uh, I think that Houston is sort of a darling of a mid-major college basketball Twitter. Are you on that train as well? They they ended up with a pretty tough draw. I do like them. I bet against them a few times against the spread here in the last week. And I had Cincinnati winning that conference, which was pretty nice when it ended up coming through. But they, yeah, they're a very good team. They can score in a hurry quickly. Uh, they were, yeah, no favors done there. Iowa State, I rank really highly. Iowa State won their conference. Uh, Kentucky, Kentucky looks great at times. They're a really good team. I mean, Cal, Cal brings a team to the tournament like this every year. You can have a lot of a lot of pros off teams like this. I think Kentucky's got a couple draft picks, obviously. Uh, and honestly, Wofford, Wofford's probably outside of, uh, yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo's pretty good. And obviously, you can't count Gonzaga as a mid-major. But outside of Buffalo and Gonzaga, Wofford is probably the best mid-major team I like. And uh, they were they were given a little credit here, given a seven seed. Like, that's a tough little half section down there. So I, I've gone back and forth on this, but 
Uh, UNC looked great in the conference tournament. I think they are going to be their one seed that makes it to the Final Four. Went a little chalky there, I think, just had, based on the bottom getting messy. So there we go. Uh, a little bit of chalk. Uh, before we get into talking about maybe some specific players, I know that you are a mid-majors guy, so this is your this is your floor to talk about some of the mid-majors that most people probably have not seen this year. Uh, the St. Louis University Billikens, of course, always a, always a crowd favorite uh who are some of the mid-majors that people need to know about before they start watching this tournament and betting on it more importantly yeah st louis cost me some money they were tough to they were tough in that tournament i had i had a couple features and everybody but st louis apparently they were a tough team obviously belmont was kind of a fan favorite they they were finally able to get it was kind of a, a last minute thing apparently i think they might have been the last team in. I love that team. You know, they, they weren't able to get their conference title, but they did get in as an at-large. So that was nice. Uh, Liberty, I like the team. I took them in the conference tournament. I love what they did against Lipscomb in the final. They made me some money, but they have a tough draw. I I think, you know, it, when you start talking mid-majors, you, you have to take out Gonzaga and Nevada. They've just had success over the past few years. So, uh, I mean, Buffalo, if you want to go to the MAC, they get, a, they get the – play-in game, but then ended up with a really tough matchup against Texas Tech. I don't know if they can go too deep. You mentioned Houston. You know, I talked about their tough section. I think they could possibly move out of that if uh, if they get a favorable matchup. Maybe Wofford gets the upset. They don't have to face Kentucky. And then, uh, I mean, you talk players. Where's our where's our matchup right away? Marquette and Murray State. He had a couple of couple of point guards that are going to get drafted. One of them probably in the lottery. That's going to be an awesome game. And then it's uh, it's not going to get looked at very heavily, but uh, I do like Vermont as a team. I bet against them in the conference. I had a long shot, but uh, they're a squad I was like. They got uh, – I'm trying to find them in the draw right now, actually. Who does Vermont play? Oh, Florida State. They have a stud, Anthony Lamb. He's a beast. Florida State's a very tough team, but uh, that's something That's something of a 13-seed upset I can see happening. Yeah, Florida State played Duke pretty tough. Uh, you know, and actually played them almost almost beat them in the regular season as well. But uh, I I kind of like I kind of like just in general when I'm doing the brackets, doing the 13 over four upset as opposed to the 12 over five because it's just much less chalky. Like I, this is obviously in you know the 10,000 person pools. I'm picking no upsets like in uh you know in the in the 10 man pool. Are there any of the uh 13, 14, 15, or 12 seeds? Like what's your what's your big upset pick? for the first round yeah and it's funny that it doesn't happen all the time but <clears throat> you'll end up with a 12 a 12 seed that's a, a favorite oregon is catching some heavy money now oregon favored as a 12 five which does happen i think it was middle tennessee state a couple years ago so that ended up closing as a favorite it always does crack me up just you know following the betting angle so much when, when the the news stations or the papers or media you know big upset 12 over five it's like yeah you know the market favored them it's not really an upset so, like I, I guess as far as ones I could see, I did kind of like the Vermont one. I'm going to have to look into that. The 14 seeds traditionally don't, uh, I think, of the deeper seeds outside of the six, that's the tougher one to get. Um, Yale's a really good team. They shoot well from deep, but I mean, it, it's one of those things where they were playing in the Ivy League also. Ivy League has been squirrely at times in the tournament but it's much different playing Brown and Cornell. Now they have to go face a tough, tough LSU team. I guess is in a little bit of flux with uh, some of the troubles they've had down there, but 
I could uh, I could see Yale hanging with them. I'd love to actually see that upset. That'd be fun. And then uh, it it pains me because I really have been on the Auburn train. I I liked them a lot in their conference tournament. They were the team I liked the most out of that conference tournament. And they go against one of my favorite uh, mid majors, uh, New Mexico State. So that's a that's a twelve five. I could definitely see going to the twelve. I think uh, I I like that one. I think that one will probably end up making my uh, my opening weekend card. So. For listeners of the show who this is, you know, the first time that they've, you know, really thought about college basketball, what are some of the big non-Zion storylines? You know, who who is going to be the guy, you know, who has 36 points in, uh, you know, the round of 32 that no one's ever heard of that guys who watch college basketball all year already know about? Yeah, and I, I guess somebody, he's gotten a lot of steam, you know, in the people that watch college basketball, but I did bring up the, the Marquette, uh, Marquette-Murray State matchup. Yeah, Marcus Howard and his name's Demetrius, really, but John Morant. Like those are two stud point guards. They're both going to get drafted. It's, uh, I mean, what is that matchup even? I gotta pull up the. I have the bracket here. I can't even find it. I mean, it's not even. It's a. It's a five twelve matchup. So I mean, neither of those teams is expected to win in the second round or end up in the in the weekend. But man, when they announced that matchup, my Twitter feed just lit up with everybody getting excited over that matchup. Those, I mean, they're two premier point guards. Like I said, they're both heading, they're both probably heading to the NBA. One is for sure in the lottery. That's um, that's going to be an awesome matchup. Yeah. Outside of the big names. I mean, it, it is tough to get outside of the big names. If you look at any mock drafts right now, there it's so heavy up top with, uh, I mean, there, there's not even a ton of internationals. Like you'll see sometimes there's a lot of Duke. There's a few UNCs. There's a bunch of Kentucky. Like, you know, I, I do love the mid-majors and I encourage you to watch like that the Morant-Howard uh, matchup there in the Marquette game. But, man, you should make sure you watch some Duke, too. That team is uber-talented. It's one of the better teams they've had in a while. Like, uh, they are gonna I have am some so anti-R.J. Barrett. <laughs> I really, I really no, cannot stand yeah. watching R.J. Barrett play. No, it is wild. Like, I've seen this storyline, and I hadn't thought about it yet, but, like, people like Zion. It is weird for Duke to have this – star player that people don't hate after all the all the just the punchable faces they've had on that so oh i i can't hate on zion i can't i mean i don't like but i can't hate on them they're very good yeah and if it just chalked out it got ugly and we saw unc duke play one more time this year couldn't complain because that would be a great final and shit i might try to make it up to that because i it's in minneapolis and uh, i don't live too far from there yeah i'm actually so i'm actually pretty close to i'm pretty close to what would be the mid west regional final so if if things chalked out you know i could be there for north carolina kentucky or you know auburn wofford or whatever so i'm actually thinking about this year maybe going because it's like the sprint center is kind of right down the road from my house so that would be that would be a pretty fun one to root for do you have uh do you have picks for the first four games those that those got to be that has to be like very uh high market equity the, the most high market equity game that prairie view will ever play yeah prairie view prairie view was my pick for their their conference that was uh that was nice it was a, kind of a no doubt winner they they ripped through their tournament farley dickinson i think they were they were a dog in their finals so they weren't really supposed to be here they weren't a huge dog but they they pulled upset in the conference final made it to the tournament only to play a first four so uh my numbers do lean a little towards uh 
Farley Dickinson, just, uh, I guess, though I didn't pick them to win their contest later. You know, those first four games, the other two are a little tough. I, I actually talked to someone earlier about the North Dakota State game. I think that line's just right. But, uh, yeah, the St. John's, St. John's game, I... I do lean St. John's heavily. That was a team I was really hoping would get in. They got in just by a whisker. They, you know, when you're in a play-in game, you're one of the last teams to get in. Um, yeah, if you want to just go with the, you know, the Pac-12 had a really down year. If you want to fade that, uh, fade that train and go against ASU and take St. John's, it's a. I don't think that's a bad look at all. It's a short line there. Belmont Temple, a, I don't have a clue, man. Temple, yeah. Temple's been all over. Temple, I can't get a read for that team for life. Of me, that's uh, another Belmont. I'm also just had it. Uh, well, now we got to talk some futures. Who has the who has the you know some of the best prices to win the whole thing? Because I assume that the prices outside of like the top eight seeds generally have to look plus EV from depending on the modeling that you have. Yeah, and it's funny. We uh, earlier today, Whale and I recorded a podcast just more on the. We didn't actually talk about what future bets to place. We talked about just future bets in general, and it is very tough in this tournament because you can have a monster number, and it's just so hard to hedge against a monster number when you when you have a team that has to win six games, even you know two, three, four, five hundred to one. If they get to you know get to the second or third round, you're still looking at a very tough number to hedge be, just because they're facing long odds every round if you want to go against them you're betting a huge number so uh, it, it is almost a case for betting you know maybe a team sort of in the middle if you think you can find some value on like a Kentucky a Tennessee that are going to be 15 16 17 to 1 because I mean the, even Kentucky is 15 to 1 that's pretty much tied as like the the fifth favorite you know, it, it is real heavy on top this year with Duke and Gonzaga I have Gonzaga as my only future I placed all year it was a better number than it is now it's still 5 to 1 which probably isn't the worst I did talk about how I liked Purdue I'm tempted at uh, I'm going to shop around a little, but they're around 30 to 1. I think that's a decent price for a really good team. <sighs> yeah, you, you do have to look at path, obviously. That's uh, such a big factor, looking at who they'll have to play throughout the tournament. I mean, if, if something scares you off right away, that's, I mean, there's a reason a team's 30 to 1. They have, uh, they have better teams than them. Uh, by the ratings in their in their region so it is tough to it is tough to cash a long shot like that uh, often you'll end up with several one seeds in the final four so i think it's a case of you know finding somebody maybe not at the very top maybe but i don't i don't know if you can find a ton of value in the big 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 numbers in a in a tournament like this where it's just so tough to win six games over three weekends. What is the deepest, like, in the last 20 years that anyone has won? I don't even know. Like, I assume, like, no one deeper than 200 to 1 has won in the last 15, 20 years? Oh, gosh, no. Yeah, I'm trying to think what – there was a, a UConn team, oh, man, five years ago. And they – I'd have to look at this, too. I want to say they were in, like, overtime in the first round, too, where they had to they had to fight through an overtime game, end up winning it all. That that was a longer odds. Otherwise, it's it's been you know one of the teams that's a, a top favorite for you know a few years now. It's, it, it's tough to it's tough for a really long shot to win through something like this. It's just like I said, six games is so difficult, especially when they increase with a increase in difficulty every round. So yeah, I, I mean, if you just I have to look at that, look, what the longest long shot ever was. But um, if you just look at these team names that have won it the last ten years. 
Villanova, oh, North yeah. Carolina, Villanova, Duke, UConn. They they were deep ish. Louisville, Kentucky, Connecticut, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas. Those Florida teams, North Carolina. Like these are like you pretty much have to be a pedigreed program to win. Like I, it probably does not make any sense to be betting like Oregon tickets or you know Mississippi State tickets or whatever. Yeah, I mean you you, you never can tell. Like once you. I can't imagine what Loyola Chicago was last year. Like, you know, you, you always hear about somebody who puts, you know, 50 bucks in their alma mater and they end up in the final four. If you get somebody that far, you can cert- certainly cash in. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just kind of pulling it up here too. Like the, the Huskies of UConn there, uh, I think, yeah, it was 2014. There were people that had 50 to one tickets, which I mean, it, it's not 100, it's not 200, it's not something wild, but still, 50 to one is nothing to shake a stick at. No, it's obviously no. a lot better than the, you know some of the some of the teams you named were probably three, four, five, six to one at, at best. Yeah, favorites or co-favorites along the line. All right, so uh, let's let's make picks. Who who wins March Madness 2019? God, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with go with the team that I'm I'm financially involved in and go say. I think they they get it done. They're a battle-tested team, I suppose. You know, people give them a hard time because that conference isn't that tough. But I mean, they beat the snot out of that conference for the most part. I don't I don't know if you can read too much into their conference tournament loss. I, I don't think they were too into that game. I think they're looking forward to the big dance. It's tough to uh, get too excited for another conference final when your trophy case is completely full of conference final trophies and you want to add uh, you want to add the big trophy instead. So I think that uh, the pick that I'm going to make, I've just looked at a little bit of stuff on uh, on Ken Palm and team ratings while we were doing this, and I think I, I want to actually I want to actually bet on this, and I want to have some reason to bet before the final. So I'm going to take I'm going to take Kentucky at a little bit deeper at uh at 14 to 1 uh do you actually have some of the lines pulled up from the opening weekend if you wanted to give out a couple plays or if you have any plays that you're leaning on thus far yeah it's tough because some of them have moved there's been some heavy moved already but uh yeah the south i guess i'm talking nit at this point i actually haven't looked too deep at the past the first four yet but uh I'm, it's funny because it's all just a big mush to me at this point because uh, they're independent events you know it's it doesn't matter where they sit and then what tournament i'm looking at all the tournaments so i i do really like uh, south dakota state versus texas the nit if you want to get deep into that but yeah as far as the actual bracket goes i haven't uh I haven't delved too deep into that first round yet. I'm still I'm still sitting here looking at futures and brackets. All right, there we go. Uh, tell people where they can find your work. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at at Andy MSFW. Uh, our podcast is at Deep Dive Pod, and uh, all our articles and everything we do, including archives, the podcast or DeepDiveMedia.co. There we go. Thank you so much for joining the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been fun.